I guess uh, we can get into this, I guess. I mean, we know stuff about movies. I guess we can talk about them for a little bit. Um, so I guess... Uh, well, Stephen, where did it all begin with you? Oh, wow. Oh, is this... Uh, this is a... This is a... That's... I don't like that opening, Andrew. Come, come on. We, gotta, we can do better than that. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Cinema Discovery Project. It's going to... And then I'm going to add, like, sound effects where it's like a shuttle, like a, a space shuttle going off. It's going to be a whole big thing. That's how we'll do every episode. Sorry, audience, that the few that might be listening to this first episode. Um... So I guess to start out, this is the Cinema Discovery Project. Um, I am Stephen Billings, and with me is going to be probably my, I would assume, my regular uh, co-host, uh, Andrew Cabral. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I will be here for probably all of these episodes, or at least as many as I can. I don't want to make any promises right yeah, off the bat. I don't I don't like to make commitments uh, any time in advance, because who knows? I may never. I may not fulfill you, them. All. You might. You might hate doing this show with me. Um, so I, yeah, I don't commit completely. Um, yeah, don't ever commit. Anyone listening out there, do not commit to things. Um, at least, and if you are, make it clear to people that I may or may not do this. But you know what? Pencil me in. That's what I always say because I like saying the word "pencil me in" because that means you can always erase it and change it out. Ah, yes, yes, but. How many people really use pencils anymore? So I don't. That I mean, is true. Pencils yeah. are a dying breed. Yeah, it's all about that that screen, that 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 typing on the computer screen. And we're getting way off track here. I don't even. It, people are going to think this is a show about pencils and computers, and that's not what this is about. This is about cinema. We're, we're cinema discovery project. Now, I, I you know I came to Andrew with this idea to do this 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 podcast. I I told him I was like you know. We, you know, we, we both have done things uh, with other people and, and have done some other shows together. And I, I, I've done some stuff. He, he, he has his own channel. We'll get into that. I, I've had some stuff that I've done on, on another channel before. But I've really wanted to do a podcast, an audio, mostly audio only for now, um, to really delve into uh, some movies, some films that I don't think people talk about a lot. You know, there's a whole wide world of films out there. And and, you know, a lot of the shows I think me and you listen to are a lot about the new stuff. Um, and I, I don't think there's enough podcasts out there about the wor world cinema, you know. And and not only that, but talking about a lot of the subjects around cinema, whether it's, you know, high budgets and, you know, not enough mid-budget movies anymore. Or, you know, stuff about the controversies of you know, the scandals we're seeing, you know, things like that we might get into a little bit, but I really just wanted to do kind of a, kind of a loose form podcast talking about some random things, whether it be our, uh, collecting addictions. Uh, we both have a very, uh, high, uh, film collecting addictions, uh, that, uh, I will, we'll, we'll focus on that on an episode, but what, 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 what excites you about what we could do with this podcast, Andrew? Like, what well, do you... I I think there is a just a wide range of things that we can cover, not only uh, older films, but newer films, not only older actors, but newer actors and actresses. There's such a wide range of things within film that we can talk about different genres. We can talk about different eras. We can talk about different, you know, certain motifs or certain, you know, everything. And the, the, the brilliant thing about movies is that the world of movies is always constantly expanding. Like Steven said, a lot of people talk about modern movie news because literally every single day there's yeah. something new 
happening in the world of movies, whether it's new movies being announced, new deals happening, new actors jumping onto different projects, jumping off different projects. And then there's a whole slew of other things around it as well. Um, celebrity, you know, talk and gossip and all that kind of stuff is kind of all part of the world of movies as well. It's not really something I've ever, ever been too really into, you know, kind of that, you know, e-network type stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. That's never been something I've ever really concentrated on. Um, it, 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 it puts the world of movies in like a different stratosphere that all it almost seems like a different world where I think movies are very tangible and the people who work in them are mostly very tangible. They're real people doing, you know, real, real jobs, you know, just having careers and making money and, you know, living their lives. And a lot of that is a very real concept. I think gets lost in all of that celebrity type stuff. And I think we'll be talking a lot more of the human and basic stuff that have been the integral parts of film history. I'm a huge history buff. So I love talking about the history of things and I love movies. So naturally I love talking about the history of movies and stuff like that, because I think all of that's very interesting in painting a portrait of the importance of movies in our culture, in our society and giving full context about certain movies, especially as, as far back as we go in movies, those movies need a lot of context in order to fully appreciate them. So I think we'll be delving into a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff will be broad spectrum stuff. A lot of stuff will be, you know, more more focused, more on the micro level with just certain movies, certain actors, certain genres, things like that. But I think we'll be able to have really good conversations because Steve and I have hour, hours and hours long conversations all of the time about these types of things. And now we're just deciding to record them. Yeah, yeah. I, there's been so many times where I've just stopped us and been like, that podcast I've been talking about, we this should have been it right here. This could have been an episode, um, you know, because we'll, we'll, you know, Andrew's a night owl. He's his hours of, of his life are really late at night. So on my nights off, I'll uh, you know sometimes message him and we'll have these two, three hour long conversations about new Blu-rays we just bought and things we just watched on Filmstruck or, or you know, which you know you'll hear that a lot on this podcast. Criterion Collection, Filmstruck, these are things that we that 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 are our school uh and and if you don't know anything about that we'll definitely have episodes about criterion collection stuff um because they they really are if you're not if you're somebody that's looking into getting into the the wilder wider world of cinema that's the place to go um and and you know like andrew said we're gonna really try to keep things fresh, you know, keep things, every episode might be, we might be delving into something completely different than the last episode that um, can really maybe hopefully maybe inform you and entertain you. Um, because I think we're, I think we're, I think we're entertaining. Uh, I, th uh, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, are you not entertained? Oh, I, are you not? Are you, oh, movie references already starting. Yeah. I, I expect a lot of movie quotes, probably misquoted oh, most of the time. A lot yeah. of paraphrases, a lot of uh, things like Andrew, that. Andrew, I, I am your father. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, wait, God, God, that's wrong. Oh, oh God. That's um, not true. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, oh, don't fall to your death, Mark Hamill. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, so, so getting, getting into the, a little bit, you know, we're going to use this first episode as more of a self-indulgent, get you guys to know a little bit more about us. Um, so that, you know, if you decide you're going to continue on our journey, uh, into the unknown or I guess not unknown uh, world of cinema, um, 
you know a little bit about where we're coming from, you know, and, and you can decide on whether you like us or not. Honestly, I don't care if you like us or not. I just need you to listen. So, um, uh, so I, I guess, I guess I'll start. Um, for me, uh, I've, I, since I was a toddler, uh, I was always running around with movies in my, my arms. I have, uh, you know, a toy story in one hand, you know, you know, my parents really drove it into me early on, let me watch movies like, uh, silence of the lambs when I was like 10 years old. Uh, you know, yeah, gr- gr- they're great. They're great parents. And, um, you know, so as I've gotten older, I worked at a movie theater when I was about 16 years old, worked there for a while. And that really kind of honed in my love for film, uh, you know, just seeing movies all the time. And, and then from there, slowly, my collecting habits got worse and worse on my on my wallet. I'm I, I spending all my extra money on buying films. And uh, in, in the last few years, I've definitely gotten more broad my horizons started buying a lot more uh, foreign and classic cinema. And um, during that time, I, I've i started some YouTube stuff. I did one YouTube channel with a group on Facebook called Film Club, and we started a whole channel called Film Club Central. Uh, we did, uh, like what we were talking about earlier, we did a show talking about newer things, new, you know, recent movie news, newer releases. And I did that for about a year and a half, and it was great. Uh, I still work with the guys that I worked on that show with. We do some some comedy sketch comedy stuff uh, on the side, and that's fun. And uh, other than that, I've really just been uh, uh, just trying to figure out something what the next thing is. We did st- me and Andrew have done stuff with Dan Skip Allen, a friend of ours. We did did a show with him, um, Fifty Two Musty Movies and Why They Matter, and we did the Top Five Weekly. And uh, you know, just trying to find another outlet. And I think. Hopefully this will be the the thing for me. So, yeah, I just uh, I'm an aspiring filmmaker. I do stuff like that. I, I shoot some music videos. I've done some stuff like that, and uh, now I'm just uh, trying to find the, the the first big project for myself. Um, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Well, similar to Stephen, you know, it goes back to my young young days. My earliest earliest memories are of like you know watching television, watching movies. Um, when I was very very young. Um, I, my parents just started buying me VHS tapes. Uh, VHS is the format before DVD, but well before <laughs> Blu-ray, before 4K. VHS is is an ancient and dead format. We'll talk about probably the old home video formats because home video has only really been around, I want to say, since the 70s, 80s, around there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before that, basically, you had to you had to watch movies in theaters or if you ever got a a handle on you know film reels and stuff like that but we'll go into that later but when i was young my parents bought me lots of vhs tapes a lot of you know the old classic disney you know little mermaid peter pan um when the lion king came out in the 90s that was huge um disney had a huge renaissance in the 90s of just amazing movies uh steven mentioned toy story which was pixar which is a subsidiary of disney um, but growing up, I watched a lot of animated stuff, not so much live action stuff. Um, the mo- the early live action stuff I watched were kind of were, uh, um, the Tim Burton Batman films, you know, then the, the Joe Schumacher Batman films I watched in theaters. Um, I, um, I watched, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, the live action movies always have a, a soft place in my heart, especially that first one has really stuck with me after all these years. I can almost quote that movie word for word all the time. 
I try to use those quotes in everyday life. People don't get it. You get a lot yeah. of weird looks it's and stuff always, like that. It's always a sad thing when you're around a group of people that don't have as much movie knowledge as you, and you just you start saying things, and then you kind of laugh at your own thing, and then nobody else laughs, and you're like, mm. Mm, yeah, I'm, in the, I'm in the wrong I'm group. The wrong crowd. It's the wrong mm. crowd. Mm. And you know, and then of course, you know, growing up, you know, your 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 tastes and things mature; they change. But you know. But you always have to have that foundation, I think. And that foundation was the 1990s. I was born in 87, so I spent most of my formative years in the 1990s uh, watching, you know, the live-action action movies of the 90s, stuff like that. Armageddon, Independence Day, seeing the big blockbusters on screen. You know, I went, uh, I went and saw all those. And then around 1995 or so is when I really discovered one of my lifelong loves of all time, and that is Star Wars. Star Wars had a huge resurgence in the 1990s, not only with the prequels late, later on in the decade, but right in the middle, they they dropped a new, I still have it, a new VHS trilogy set of the, the, the original cuts of the movies, but with better picture and sound quality. This was before the special editions were released in 1997. That's a whole episode we can discuss oh, about the man. pros and cons of the special edition oh. and the further changes they've made now and stuff like that and then of course the prequels came out and i went and saw them multiple times you know i was in that age range you know when phantom menace came out i was 12 years old you know and then you know and then you know uh, whenever the movies came out every three years you know i was 15 then i was 18 you know uh when the last one came out in 2005 but then the next great love of my life and kind of the dominant love of my life would be Lord of the Rings. Um, I had read the Lord of the Rings uh, before the movies had come out. I was a big avid reader. Books and movies have always been huge mediums in my life. And coincidentally, books and movies are have been interconnected with each other now for decades and decades and decades. They're constantly uh, adapting books and comic books now into movies. So when Lord of the Rings came out, I it was something that was you know cherished for me. I went and saw the movies several times. I bought the DVDs when they came out. I bought the Blu-rays when they came out. You know, I read the I bought the book. I had multiple copies of the books and then the Hobbit movies. And everything is kind of like just building up. And it wasn't until everything was kind of building up. But as you can tell, it's all a lot of mainstream stuff. And there's nothing wrong with mainstream cinema. Mainstream cinema is something that's going to be great and cherished, and it's kind of really what keeps the whole movie world going. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I mean, that's when all the big money comes in. I mean, and, if we didn't have the industry going, still going, we wouldn't get all the great Blu-rays of the old movies that we love. Yeah, we, and we wouldn't get a lot of people being interested in the movies to then go back and look up the older films, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards. Um, I had watched older movies um, kind of when I was younger, but not things that were considered, you know, all-time classics. And there were a few in there, like I watched Wizard of Oz a lot when I was a kid, stuff like that, but I never saw things like uh, Citizen Kane until I was an adult, or Lawrence of Arabia until I was an adult, or things like that. I'd always seen like kind of mainstream classic movies, you know, things like from Steven Spielberg, like E.T., and thing, and of course, Indiana Jones, big genre stuff like that. It wasn't until I was about uh, 25 or so when I was about, this is like around 2011, 2012, when I, I took a class, you know, I took a class in college that was 
um, the history of film, like from from like the beginning to up and to a certain date or whatever. It, it was basically the classic era. That's what they called it. But we went all the way up into like the eighties and nineties. So I don't know what classic era they were looking at. But that's what. <laughs> But that's when I was I was inundated with foreign films really for the first time. I had the only thing, the only real foreign films I had seen up until that time, like subtitled foreign films, were like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I think I saw The Hero when it. I think it was I think that's directed by Yang Shimo, and those were the only two things I was aware of when it came to foreign foreign cinema. I had no idea of the history of foreign cinema. I didn't know about the French New Wave, Italian neo realism you know, British realism and all that kind of great stuff. And it wasn't until then that I was introduced to it. And I've been in love with foreign cinema ever since, but we're going to probably do a whole episode about our favorite foreign films or just foreign films in general. And, you know, why it's different than Western film and the certain risks it takes and all that kind of stuff. And I always tell this to people, don't be afraid of foreign cinema. Don't be afraid of subtitles at all, because you're going to be missing out on some of the best movies you'll probably ever see, especially genre films. If you love horror films, some of the best horror films can be from the foreign cinema world. Well, I mean, I mean, most, a lot of the, you know, at a, you know, horror movies we've gotten in the States, uh, you know, in the, especially in the two thousands, um, were adaptations of Japanese horror. I mean, that's, I mean, your grudges and your, you know, uh, is it one missed call is, is I think, uh, from the ring, um, yeah, they're in the ring, you know, like a lot of Japanese, Asian films, horror films have been adapted into American horror films. So it's, yeah, like, I, I completely agree. And and I kind of had a little bit of uh, the same thing happen to me. I kind of skipped over the fact I had one year of college and I did take a class like uh, like you did. Mine was, you know, about, you know, uh you know, analysis of film, you know, kind of, but not really, it didn't really go into much foreign stuff, but it did go into classics. Uh, we watched, you know, some Chaplin, we watched uh, on the waterfront, you know, stuff like that. And uh, all the way leading up to modern times, which the last film in the class was Slumdog Millionaire, which I love, but it was, yeah, it was, it's a weird, it was a weird collection of films all the way leading up to modern times. Yeah. Uh, The class I took, like we, uh, we started out with like 1930s film that we went into film noir and then we would uh that was when i was introduced to a lot of like uh film noir uh directors and actors and those types of films which i love now that was when i was introduced to some of the people that have that are now my cinematic heroes like orson wells is someone whose work i constantly go back to and constantly look into and not only citizen kane but his other work and just studying his career and, you know, how Hollywood kind of screwed him over in terms of not being able to give him the opportunities that he probably deserved at the time. He would have loved living and making movies in modern times where there are so many more financial opportunities where, you know, there's so many studios that will give you financial uh, the funds in order to fund your movie, you know, and, and if not, then you can go to places and crowdfund stuff. You know, back then it was just like the big major studios. If they didn't give you money, if they didn't give you a chance, uh, you didn't make your movie. Essentially. Oh yeah, and, and, and of the course, essence of the studio system controlling everything. Yeah, and of course, you know, Netflix <laughs> and stuff like that. Now he would be on top of the world. You know, like I mean, coincidentally, Netflix is releasing one of his unfinished films this year, the the other side of the wind, uh, which has already been 
playing at certain film festivals. Yeah. So and, I can't and, wait and to of, see that. And of course, Andrew has shunned me already because I, I was at one of them film festivals and I had the chance to see it and I did not see it. Um, uh, sorry. Um, sorry, Andrew. I'm, yeah, I, you are, you, you are forgiven. I, I, I guess trans transgress that. I mean, if it was me, that would have been my priority number. One. I know. I know. I saw seven. I, I, we could get it. I, I'm not going to get. I might save it for another episode. But I did go to the Telluride Film Festival um, and saw seven seven films, and they're you know all uh, all pretty good films. So maybe in the t next episode we might go into that a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, and I think that one of the things you'll you'll learn as we go forward me and you have a very similar taste in the, our favorite genres, probably film noir. You would agree. You know, that's kind of, yeah, that that's, that's one of my favorites. I, I, I love it so much because of how broad it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a genre that has no real set definition, but it does have certain hallmarks in it. But then like, you can almost make an argument for films that aren't traditional noir that they are noir it's a, it's it's a fantastic genre and it also has had multiple iterations of it like neo-noir and then there's like modern noir or postmodern noir there's like all kinds of all kinds of different definitions for it mm -hmm. and there are still you know film noir movies that are coming out now so or so that that's kind of amazing to me it's a genre that's lasted so long because most kind of movements in film they come and go you know, the French New Wave came and gone. Italian neorealism came and gone. Uh, stuff like that. You know, certain renaissance in films come and go. Uh, certain independent, you know, renaissance come and go. So it's it's very interesting how how historically films keep uh, using elements from the past in order to make things in the present. That's something that I've always found to be extremely interesting about movies. Yeah, I think I think the film noir genre is kind of adaptable in that way. Like it can, it can fit itself to whatever time period it's in. Um, like, like with a movie like kiss, kiss, bang, bang being a modern film, you know, neo noir, it's got the elements of a, of a classic film noir, but it, it really finds itself in the modern day. It doesn't have to change too much other than, you know, the way you solve crimes or how you, you know, it, that stuff's the technology changes, but the, the elements that it need you need to tell a, a great film noir can still be done, but you know, like when it comes to like westerns, it's a, I think it's a little maybe a little tougher to, to you know to yeah, pull that off because, because westerns yet again is one of those genres that was the genre at yeah. one point. It was the most popular, the biggest money maker, had the biggest stars, and it's something that went through uh, certain iterations, but it also you know went out of fashion. People got tired of it, you know. the The movie landscape changed. Audiences' expectations for movies changed, and that's something we can all get into as well. I mean, a lot of people said that the modern Western film, in terms of popularity by comparison, is the comic book hero genre, in yeah. terms of it being the most popular, the biggest money makers, and just a part of the zeitgeist of of American pop culture and kind of world pop culture as well. Yeah, I mean it's it definitely has taken over the conversation in film. I mean, uh, you know, we we both are, keep up with it. We both we both watch all the movies, but um I'll be honest with you, man, I, I, lately I I've lost my 
I don't have as we've talked about this before. My enthusiasm for these movies has waned. I don't get as excited for them anymore. Um, and uh, I still watch them, and, and and I still usually end up liking them. But um, I, I just don't get that feeling that I get for uh, you know the next Paul Thomas Anderson film or um, you know whatever Jake Gyllenhaal's next movie is. Like I them them are them are filmmakers and artists that I get excited about. And these movies, these superhero movies, for some reason have I've lost my my you know excitement for them i don't know why i just maybe just too much of them i can understand that i mean it is a very uh, saturated landscape when it comes to the comic book superhero genre because like you said steven there are so many of them and there have been so many of them over i would say a 10-year period i mean we could go into the origins and the ins and outs of the genre that's something we'll talk about at some point as well because it's not just something that's been around for 10 years they've been making comic book movies and movies for a long time pretty much since the 70s yeah. superman the movie um the richard donner film is kind of one of the main original staples of the genre and then of course you have tim burton's batman in 1989 and then the 90s they tried some stuff in the 90s some, good, <laughs> some bad and then the 2000s were the same way some good some bad um and it's only really now that it's in it's a main juggernaut in the mainstream and it can be a little tiresome I personally really love them. I mean, I'm a big comic book fan. I have a lot of comic books that I collect, that I read. It's a fascinating genre. It's a fascinating medium that they've now translated over into the movie world. I mean, it's not the it's not a clean transition, not a clean adaptation, but it's entertaining and it's getting a lot of positivity within it. There's a lot of things you can gleam out of it, a lot of positive aspects of it that I think um aren't just you know popcorn entertainment when it's done really well you know what i mean when chances are taken and things like that i really enjoy you know a lot of it is is a lot of the same and i think that's a uh, that's a lot of what steven's talking about where like it's there's a lot of elements that they just keep repeating you know what i mean yeah, like how, yeah. many times, how many times is there going to be a bad guy who wants to you know take over and destroy the world or yeah. he wants to just be bad because he's a bad guy you know what i mean and the good guys got to stop him and it's always good versus evil you know there's no real you know higher stakes or am or, or ambition being thrown in there yeah and 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 just the fact that you know these are sp- these characters you want to you want to have an attachment to and you want to feel like that they're special characters but when there's like thousands of these type of characters in this one universe you're like well who do i who am I, I can't like them all can i it's like me with sports like i have a hard time following like college sports because it's like a thousand teams you know i'm like god how can i follow this whole sport i feel i know that some people just follow one team and that's whatever but whenever i've been into sports i always follow the whole sport and i, I can't do that with college sports it's just too many teams um i mean but this is, I, I don't know. It's just, it's become so overwhelming with superhero genre. I, I just think that I've gotten just a little bit exhausted by it. And um, I, that's why I've really just kind of focused more on just gaining knowledge through watching a lot of movies that I've never seen, whether it be foreign classics or, or, or you know, independent films that I'm just getting around to. And um, I just, I, yeah, I, we're going to get into a lot of it. This could yeah, be. We'll, we'll be getting into all that. But I, I told Stephen earlier before we started the podcast that there always has to be 
at least in my, from my perspective, a balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always like the balance watching the old stuff with the new stuff, watching different genres, uh, watching English language versus foreign. I always like to have a nice variety of things in my life have a well-balanced variety you know what i mean not just sticking to one specific thing over and over again you know because you're not exploring the full capacity of the world of movies if you just watch action movies if you just watch comedies if you just if you just watch dramas you know what i mean you're you, you could be missing out on something that's truly great that you're just ignoring yeah i mean and and, and also if you if you're somebody that likes to get in discussions with other people about film it's good to have your bases covered you know you shouldn't talk about something you don't really know anything about you know you haven't experienced yourself because that just makes you dumb um <laughs> you know it's like when someone you know says like oh i i don't like for example one thing that i don't know if it's popular but some most people i've run into they don't like musicals they don't like musicals yeah. And I'm like, well, have you ever watched one? And they said no. <laughs> and if they have watched one, they're they're turned off by it. But I'm like, okay, which one did you watch? Because when it comes to anything, when it comes to art, movies, books, comic books, music, uh, there are there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, did you watch West Side Story? Or did you watch like some random? Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Chicago? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Chicago's, <laughs> Chicago's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't think it should have won Best Picture, but that's a different story for a different yeah, time. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, some of my favorite musicals of all time are, are you know, um, My Fair Lady and West, singing, like said, West Side Story, Singing, singing in the Rain, Singing in the Rain. You know, uh, um, umbrellas of Sherberg. You know. <laughs> umbrellas of Sherberg. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, somebody's favorite musical could be La La Land. Who knows? It made pro- yeah. uh, Scott Mance. Scott Mance. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, don't dismiss something automatically if there's if there's one aspect of it you don't like. If you watch like four or five musicals, you're like, yeah, I I hate this, and then I'm like, okay, then yeah, I, you don't, I, and it's not for you. Yeah, and I think that it plays. Uh, you know, getting to the getting to the point of that, like, I think that's kind of part of the point of this podcast is we really want to, you know, be very open minded. You know that, that you know we want this podcast to be something where you're discovering something new, and, and, but also not we're not beholden to just one thing. We're going to talk about as much as uh, everything as we can, and um, just to keep just to keep everybody open minded and. And and also keep each episode fresh. You know, we're not. You don't know what to expect from us. We're gonna. You're gonna think we're gonna come from over here, and then we're gonna get you over here. You know. You know. You never know. I mean, I'm. I'm. You know. Come up from behind you with a with the nunchucks, and then I'm. You know, Andrew's gonna sword you in the stomach, and I'm like, yeah. You know. I know I'm crazy. I'm sorry. I'm got a lot of caffeine in me. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I do not have a lot of caffeine in me. I. Uh, it's because you just got up. It's just, I was going to say, you just got up. It's the starting. I got, I got up early today. That's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different story for a different time. See, Andrew will I, do this a lot. He'll <laughs> say stuff like that and he'll keep you hanging. I'll be like, so tell us about it. And he'll be like, nah, I can't tell you. I, I start to think that maybe Andrew is like Dexter on the side. Like he's like a serial killer in his off time. And he like, you know. I'm Batman. Oh, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> I'm Batman. That's what I like to tell people. That's, it's like, what are you, what are you doing all night? I'm a vigilante. I'm a vigilante. I'm out, I'm out uh, cleaning up the streets, <laughs> d- doling out justice. Oh well. And I'm, giant, glad that, 
I feel yeah, safer. I feel safer on this podcast already. Um, you should. You should. Yeah, but I think I think a good spot to to maybe uh, to end this episode on is maybe to just uh, you know, no in no particular order. Let's let's go through five of our favorite films. Like each of us, we name five of our favorite films. Give people an idea of some of our favorite movies to get it, get our tastes a little bit of our tastes. Um, <coughs> uh out there of course didn't have to be your five favorite because we know that that changes all the time but um i think we should just give a give a few films that we really love so people can you know either say that they hate these movies that we like or um you know because that's what the internet does and oh uh, my goodness the internet, the internet hates people's opinions yeah but people but people never stop giving their opinions on no so i don't know it's a, it's a catch-22 it's it is. It is. Too. It is. But we're gonna do it anyway uh, because yeah, we'll do it anyways. I mean, why not? Um, yeah, yeah. Why don't you go ahead, Andrew? Yeah, get, 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 I mean, we'll, we'll, my top. We'll, we'll go back and forth. You get, get yeah, my top here. five. I don't know things. Certain. My first two never really change because they've kind of been etched in stone for so long. And the first and number one for me has always been uh, Lord of the Rings. I always loop those three movies together as one. It is one continuous story from beginning to end. But if people think you're cheating that way and they say, hey, but you can only choose one, then I'll go with <laughs> Return of the King. And then I go with Return of the King because it's my favorite of the of the three. The reason the reason why I love the, those movies or that movie particularly is I've always loved fantasy. I've always loved uh, things that have been more escapism, you know, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, all of that kind of stuff. And Lord of the Rings, like I said, I read it when I was very young. It captured me when I was really young. And I think those movies, I've said it um, so many times on, on different various shows that I've been on. I thought, they, I think those movies are lightning in a bottle. I think they're, they're, they're an old style epic, but they mesh the epic uh, film genre with the fantasy film genre and they did it in such a way that I don't think you can ever replicate I I always use this comparison Peter Jackson tried to replicate it with the Hobbit films and didn't quite work out that way um, my number two is Taxi Driver Taxi Driver by Martin Scorsese is a film that is is just something I think is extremely unique It's it's incredible I think it's going inside of a man who is not a protagonist but he's not quite an antagonist he lives in a gray world in a world in a world of movies where we're so used to black and white good guys and bad guys travis bickle is as gray as you can possibly get and you what's amazing about travis bickle is that you don't really get a you don't really get a backstory with him you just kind of get of who he is in the present or who he believes he is in the present you know present being like 1970s new york and it's the dirty uh gritty like disgusting version of new york you know what i mean the martin scorsese new york of the 1970s you know the world that he knew growing growing up and the world that he knew at the time I, that's always been my favorite scorsese film and i just absolutely love that movie um th three through five or three through a million always change <laughs> you know what i mean some ones that i really love i mean uh, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. I think it's a it's a movie that came along at a time that was unlike any movie at all at the time. The what it, what he the way he was structuring that movie when it came to plot, the way he was shooting that movie and and editing that movie is unlike anything that came out at the time. And it's a foundational film for modern cinema and the way we, movies are made today. 
And I just think Orson Welles is just a brilliant genius of a filmmaker um, throughout his entire career. Um, another film that's one of my favorites, uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause starring, of course, the famous James Dean, who only made three movies in his entire career. This being probably his most famous and most well-known. You know, this is the this is the film that has the, the best quotes in it and stuff like that. Um, he stars opposite Natalie Wood and Sal Mineo. And it's a movie that I think captures something that I think is always inherent throughout every generation of people. And that is um, the youth culture and its distance and its difference with its past uh, generation. You know what I mean? There's always a difference. There's always a, uh, a, a length a length of just divide between the adult generation and the kid generation. And I think Rebel Without a Cause highlighted that very much so and highlighted it really well. And I think it's very much a precursor to what would happen in the 1960s when it came to the explosion of expression and anger of the youth culture in the United States. And also I think that same type of expression and anger is around now. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. So it, that stuff doesn't really go. There's, there are rebels without causes now, in quotes. There are James Dean uh, people now who are angry at something, and they're not quite sure what they're angry at. They just know that it's there. Um, and, of course, another movie for me, that the one that I always go back to, and it's another one that's similar on on that um, same spectrum as Rebel Without a Cause, and that is Good Will Hunting. Yeah. Good Will Hunting, um, the Gus Van Sant film from the... Uh, the late 90s, I think 1997, 1998, around there. Yeah. Uh, of course, starring very young Matt Damon, very young Ben Affleck. Uh, Robin Williams won, I believe, his only Oscar for that movie, the late, great Robin Williams. And it's the film, yet again, of kind of just a young man lost in his identity, not understanding um, where he like where he fits in the world and being afraid of his own potential and really just being afraid of living. And it's a film that has so many levels to it. It's probably some of the best work you'll see from those actors. And they've all, all those actors went on to do other movies. Ben Affleck went on to direct. Uh, Matt Damon went on to be in all kinds of different genre pictures, comedies, action, sci-fi movies. You know, I mean, those are kind of big household names now. But it's nice to go back and see all of that potential and all of that talent uh being there when they're young so that's a film i go back to a lot as well and there are so many other movies i could mention and i don't want to take up so many times i mean i could go into just um movie like classic all-time classics like seven samurai and stuff like that but we're going to be talking about all of our favorite stuff in a, in episodes later on so i'll hold all of my feelings about that stuff until then yes yeah. yes yes we don't want to we don't want to let all our feelings out on one episode um because uh, that it would very very long episode, um, but yeah, I'll go through a, a few of mine real quick. Um, one that I always kind of is my standard number one. Uh, I always tell people is uh, L.A. Confidential uh, from 1997, and it, it's it, it just such a juggernaut of a cast uh, with you know Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, you know I, Kim Basinger. It, it just a huge cast. Um, and it's a film noir, as we talked about before, being our favorite or probably our favorite genres and, um, you know, just dirty cops. It's got some twists in there. It's it, it's impeccably filmed. It's it's just, it's got everything great about it. Great in a film noir you want. Um, another one that always uh, comes to mind is uh, Almost Famous is another one that's because uh, music's uh, 
you know, I was in a band for a while. So I, the music's been kind of important to me. And, um, you know, it's also a coming of age story and I, I'm, I'm a sucker for them coming of age stories. And, uh, it's, you know, autobiographical, you know, to the director's life, uh, Cameron Crowe. And, uh, it's just got such a vibrancy, uh, so, you know, the music's fantastic. Um, it's, it's got one of the best soundtracks of all time. And it, it's just one I can go back and forth to, uh, one of, one of, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's best roles as, uh, Lester Bangs or uh, is that his name? Lester Bangs? Yeah. Lester Bangs. Yeah. He was a real, a real guy who wrote free magazine. I think yes. Yes, a lot of dirty jokes in there, I could say, but uh, but um, yeah, I just love that movie. I think uh, Andrew's also a really big fan of that. Yeah, film. it's a great movie. I, I love that movie. And um, another one, a classic, uh, I really love is uh, "It Happened One Night." Uh, it's probably one of my. It's probably my favorite, uh, you know, comedy romance type of film. Uh, Clark Gable, I, I have like a man crush on Clark Gable. I, I think he was just uh, fantastic. He's he, you know. There's just something about the relationship in that movie that's just so genuine and 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 fun and and it's such a simple story. But I've I've seen that movie. I would have to say almost eight or nine, ten times since I I first saw it. I, I've only I've only recently discovered this movie in the last couple of years, and I've probably watched it about eight or nine times. Um, and uh, I, I just I really love it. Um, another one I really love is. Uh, Harakiri, um, samurai film from uh, Kobayashi, um, starring uh, Tatsu Nakadei. Um, he did a lot of film. He did did some stuff with uh, Kira Kurosawa. Um, it, it's just a. It's not a movie I want to describe too heavily because it, it it's 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 kind of a dense story. But I it's a very it's what it's probably my favorite samurai film. But it's not just kind of your action oriented samurai film it's very much a kind of a psychological movie a movie about you know institutions and and breaking down them institutions and and fighting against the system a little bit there and it's 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 a fantastic movie fantastic acting fantastic script directed fantastic it's uh, it's 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 a movie that blew me away the first time i saw it and then another one i'll mention real quick is um another one that blew me away uh first time i saw it which is lahane uh, French film. Um, it's a movie very relevant to today, uh, talking about like gun violence and and just as you know, kind of like with Rebel Without a Cause, you know, some you know characters that are you know hostile. You know, they're very hostile about their 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 environment that they're living in and and needing to do something about it. And 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 I think that this that that movie needs to be seen by people today. It's it's only it's only like a twenty year old film. It's not that old, um, and and it's got it's it, it's in black and white. It's very well directed. The director I think only has only it's like the only thing he's really done of note, and it's and it's it's a masterpiece. So, but that's that's a few of the films. Like like Andrew said, I don't want to get too heavily into everything, um, but them are a few of mine um, that I really love and. Uh, if there's anything you guys, uh, if you guys want to share, any of the viewers want to share films that you guys love, please, you know, uh, either leave some comments in the uh, iTunes feed or this will have an uh, audio version on our YouTube channel uh, here on Cinema Discovery Project. And uh, just leave it in there. Let us know. Maybe we'll read some of them on the next episode. Um, 
But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, Andrew, before we uh, we cap this off here? Um, I would say that you know, keep uh, uh, don't be afraid to share your opinions. If you don't like what some of the movies we talk about, you know, say why. You know, just don't say, you know, that movie sucks or you know, I hated watching it or stuff like that. And you know, if you've only seen like the first twenty minutes of a movie. Uh, don't make up your opinion about the first 20 minutes of a movie. Yeah. Uh, don't do stuff like that. Actually watch a whole movie. I know some movies are really hard to get through than others, you know, and sometimes you just can't do it, but I understand, but don't, don't have an entire opinion just based off of a short amount of time. You've seen a movie, um, be very open to movies. Don't be closed minded about movies. Movies are multifaceted, multi, uh, multi-genre and just there's just so much of it to discover and that's what we are trying to do here is trying to help people discover movies they probably never heard of genres they never heard of and just you know open yourself up to new and exciting things yeah we just try we're gonna try our best to you know help make it make open people's minds up and make it try to find a way to to, to, to reach people um, and, and, and get the right context for people to, to maybe be interested in certain films that maybe they never would have thought they would have been interested in before. And um, hopefully we can do some of that. And, and please let us know if, if, if we've, you know, helped you, you know, find a movie that you really now love, or, or even if you didn't like something, just let us know. We want to know, we want to be able to interact with you guys. And uh, you know, I know this episode's a little bit jumbled. We kind of went all over the place, um, the episodes moving forward will probably be a lot more focused on certain topics and it won't be so jumbled, but, um, we hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, introductory episode of the cinema discovery project. And, um, where Andrew, where can we find you in the social media, uh, area? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Capzilla zero six, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla productions. Awesome, awesome, and uh, you can find me. Uh, you can find this channel, YouTube, uh, Cinema Discovery Project. You can find me, Cinema Discovery Project, on inst- Instagram or Twitter, which I don't really use Twitter, so you might as well not go there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's you know, you find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. If you want to send me a, a direct message, I if you're weird, I won't answer you though. So don't if don't be weird. Um, but uh, that's gonna be it for this first episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we will see you on the next one.